Hello, and welcome to the Modcast. As always, I'm Stevie, and this episode I'm joined by Chizai. Hello! Hello! The current score is 12-6 to Pokemon, and this time we'll be discussing the 19th episodes, An Old Enemy Returns, and Grin to Win. Let's start off with Grin to Win. We're on the way to Viridian City. Oh, sorry, Azalea Gym. I was like, where are we going? I don't remember. Are we there yet? We're on the way to Azalea Gym. Azalea, okay. It's the second gym. Don't know what it is. We'll see it in 10 episodes if we're lucky. This many episodes, we haven't even made it to the second gym yet. (laughs) We only made it to the first one. What, three episodes ago? There's eight gyms and the Pokemon League. It takes like three seasons to get through Johto or something. Oh my gosh. I don't think we're going to make it past like maybe the third gym. We might get the fourth gym if we're lucky. I forgot how long the Pokemon anime was. But what we get today is Blooming Vale. At least there's a lot of Sunflora here and there's a reason for it to be called that. But Blooming Vale just immediately sounds very fillery. Yes. It's just one of those names. They're just like, huh, this could just maybe be filler. Discount Pokemon Town name. And then we meet the filler character of the episode, who's called Sunrisa. Yes. And again, very, very on the nose. Hmm, could they be a filler character? Could be. So yeah, this is the place where Ash and Co. get distracted this one time. And Sunrisa's raising some sunflora. Little cluster of sunflores. Oh, so there's one line in this introduction where Ash just says, Blooming Vale seems nice. To which I say, Blooming Vale seems like everywhere else you've been already. The only difference is the name and the faces, but everyone is basically the same. They all go and see Sunrisa's Sunflores, which are all just... It's very adorable, but they're all just playing around in the little sprinklers. Which is really cute. And that's when you get, like, the proper introduction of the Pokedex and everything. Which is great because the Pokedex is like, you know, it's a plant. And Ash is like, wow, it's just like a flower. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, gee, Ash, you don't say. It's almost like it looks like a sunflower or something. It's almost like it's called Sunflora. (laughs) That's the moment that made me laugh the most was just, just like a flower. I forgot that Sunflora existed <laughs> before this episode. They were just like, oh yeah, there's a Pokemon that's just a Sunflower. It's just a Sunflower. Does Sunflora even evolve? It evolves from Sunkern, but it doesn't evolve into anything. It's just a seed that becomes a flower. This was Gen 2. They're already just like, let's just make a flower. Like, at least Bellsprout was creative and it was like a weird plant. So was Gloom and Vileplume. But now they're just like, nah, here's a flower with legs. This is a sunflower with a smiley face. Pretty much. But we're in luck, because Ash and Cove arrived just as the Sunflower Festival is about to go on. What a coincidence. Wow, it happens once a year, just as Ash and Co. arrive. That doesn't ever happen. So Sun Reese is preparing all the sunflower for the contest. Well, mainly just her favourite one. But I guess it's all of them. She has like a group, but I think it's like only one of them is being entered. Only one of them matters. And the other thing is, like, this whole town only trains Sunfloor, which is odd. It is. So it's like this weird town-wide, like, this is what this town does, is they raise Sunflora for this annual competition, and that's it. You see no other Pokemon in this town 
belonging to the residents except for Sunflora. It's so weird. It's almost like it's a cult of Sunflora or something. But that brought to mind, like, does the Officer Jenny just have, like, a Sunflora that stops crimes? It's a Sunflora with a Growlite costume. A flower dressed as a dog. No, it's a growlet dressed as a sunflower. That makes more sense. Because they have to fit in the town, but Officer Jenny has to use a growlet. So it's a growlet dressed as a sunflower. And then they just have like Blissey dressed as a sunflower in the center. It's just a big green sunflower. It'll just be a big green egg with petals around its face. No other Pokewater allowed here. Only sunflower. You must become the Sunflora, or you must leave. <laughs> but yes, so Sunris's prized Sunflora is very sad, for reasons. So they try the usual approach of pulling funny faces. <laughs> right, be goofy, try to make it laugh. Which is the first part of call, and it doesn't work. And then the Sunflora just keeps being sad, and the neighbor boasts about his Sunflora. This is what the town does. They're explaining, like, everyone has their own methods, and friend comes by and it's weird these guys are pokemania if they were in the games they'd be pokemaniacs is basically the gist of it they all just do different things like exercise the sunflower too much or steroids we'll get to that later that was a weird mention but um anyway so i guess the reward for the competition you get a trophy but then you also get a lifetime worth of noodles or something the grand prize is a year supply of instant noodles. <laughs> and so, of course, Team Rocket are like, okay, well, we have to win that. <laughs> Pretty much. We have to do that. So later that night. As soon as the sun goes down, all the sunflower go to sleep. Close up like sunflowers and all sleepy. I was disappointed by this, though, because Sunrisa starts what sounds like a lullaby and then it just doesn't even rhyme. It sounds like it's gonna rhyme and then it doesn't. Just the lack of effort from her. Gotta blame the writers for that one. So at night, Team Rocket go into a greenhouse belonging to one of the people in the town. They basically are like, okay, we're just gonna go through all these subfloras and we're gonna figure out which one would win. And I guess James is able to tell better because... I guess at his estate, they used to have some floors, I think it was. Like, he was taught the differences, and like, it was a rushed kind of explanation of why he would know, but... It was because he was a posh boy. <laughs> Basically, yeah. He's a posh boy, so he's cultured. But anyway, so James starts going through all the sunflowers, like, trying to figure out which one would be nice, and... Long story short, Meowth is a klutz, and also this is the weirdest alarm system ever for anything. Because it's like, it's at cat level... This button on the wall <laughs> that Meowth accidentally bumps into and hits and it sets this alarm off. And Meowth is trapped under this net and <laughs> just left there. It's not a very good security system, needless to say. It's kind of a catastrophe. So Officer Jenny has captured Meowth because Meowth pushed the come capture me button. Because of the sunflora that's sad, you know, they don't know how to cheer the sunflora up. Misty gets the idea of like, oh, well, we'll just take Meowth. And rehabilitate him, you know. And since Meowth didn't actually succeed in stealing anything, they just let him go. They're like, yeah, okay, fine. They basically hold Meowth for ransom. And they're like, okay, we'll let you go if you translate what is up with this Sunflora for us first. And he agrees to it. And it's a nice twist. Yeah, it's kind of it's nice. Meowth does something nice for once. It's a neat little idea to have Ash and Co. just nick him for a bit. Like, okay, you're ours now. We just need to borrow you for a second. <laughs> Translate, please. Yes, translate, please. And we get a glimpse of Snubble. Oh, yeah. So I have no idea what's going on because I'm not on every episode, 
But what's up with the snubble? I vaguely remember. So this snubble hasn't turned up for 10 episodes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. This snubble just wanted to be a regular snubble and couldn't do that with the posh lady that tried to force them into arranged marriage and all sorts of stuff. So that snubble ran off into the bushes in episode 8 and hasn't been seen since. Until now. It didn't want to be a snubble, so it left to be a regular snubble. But yeah, we just get a glimpse of them, just to be like, okay, that's still a thing. Which is surprising. We've had, like, Jigglypuff falling around before, but Snubbles new. It's our new running gag, literally, because it runs around after them. <laughs> so, Meowth does the translatey thing for Ash and Co. And this Sunflower is sad because their friend, the Sunflower, was traded away to another person and they've not seen each other. So, they just miss the friend. So, what they do is they arrange a friend meetup. It's getting back together, and it starts playing the usual happy music. This is the end of the episode, happy music, <laughs> at the 11 minute mark. Because it's not the end of the episode. Nope, but this is happy, because they're friends. We still have a noodle plot to go through with. Also, Sunris is there for a few scenes, but she's like the most boring character ever. Her whole character is, I grow flowers and I am nice to them. Yeah, Pokemon's not very good at filler characters. Like, they're very bland, because it's like, oh, well, you're not going to be here anyway, so, meh. You don't need a personality. She just waters the flowers. She owns Sunflores, that's about it. Everyone else has more personality, because they do interesting things with the Sunflora. That's true, yeah. She literally is just like, oh, I just water them and keep them happy. It's like, okay, that's... That's the most boring thing ever. Well, they are flowers. (laughs) I get what they're going for. They're trying to like say like, oh, she takes this simplistic approach and that's the one that wins in the end, but she still has no personality. She's super boring. The parents that named her son Risa are really boring as well. What were the parents named? Did they live here? Did they move here? And they named their daughter that because she now lives in the Sunflora village. They're probably called just Sunny and Sunny. Sunny and Sunny. (laughs) So after this, Sunrise is Sunflora. It's happy now, and it goes over to the Sunflora contest to win the year's supply of instant noodles. What a spectacular gift. It's the most appropriate price <laughs> for a flower contest. You gotta use that noodle to win. Maybe they just don't eat anything else in that town. I feel like people wouldn't be so healthy if that was the case. They're just a bunch of wet noodles. So at this contest, where the whole town's entering, I think they end up with three finalists. The three finalists are Sunrise's Sunflora, who's just a Sunflora. Sunrise's rival Sunflora, who is a Sunflora like twice the size of the average man. So he's like a tree. (laughs) Very, very big Sunflora. And then the third Sunflora, which is my favourite and should have won, is Team Rocket's Meowth in Disguise. (laughs) (laughs) The Sunflora with quote-unquote thorns on it, because it's Meowth's claws. Oh, it's so good. It's just taped up the face. Yeah, they taped his face to be in the, like, right smile and keep his eyes squinted. It's pretty funny. It looks painful. It does, but it's it's kind of funny. Why are we doing this? We can just take the noodles. The other thing that's weird, and we mentioned it earlier a little bit, is that, you know, Ash, Brock, and Missy are all watching the judgments of all the Sunflora's going on, and they actually mention steroids, which seems kind of out of place in this. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie i'm like whoa they actually mentioned steroids in a kid's show that's well they they mentioned steroids and like using it to win like a competition which is kind of a big thing i think brock basically suggests that i guess sunrisa's rival might have used steroids on the sunflower the really tall one yeah 
I don't want to say it, but I think he might be using steroids on that sun floor. And I'm like, whoa, Brock, jeez. That's implying a lot of things. That's implying that he's using it to, he's using drugs. And he's drugging his sun flora, which is awful. Like, not only are steroids being used, but you're forcing it on this animal creature, which is even worse. It's just a sentient flower. They're the animal substitutions in this universe, so it's like a, you know, it's a living thing, is my point. It's a living thing with feelings, as evidenced by the one that's been sad all this time. They could have just said fertilizer, and that would have made more sense than steroids. Anything more than, like, steroids, because that's, like, I don't know, it's, it's just so weird. It's, like, oddly dark. But at least we know now that steroids are a thing in Pokemon. Yeah, that's a bit of unsettling news. The steroids. Not that surprising, seeing the size of some of the gym leaders, honestly. Now we know how fighting types work. So, they go through this whole contest thing, and the judges are judging. They're just like, Sunflora, they smile, that one's big. Ooh, who will win? And Snubble, from earlier, appears to spoil the show. Because they go straight for Meowth, and rip off the back of the costume and bite the tail. Just to get to the tail. Revealing everything. Just like, so this is a Meowth in a Sunflora costume. Shocker. Who would have thought that the people who judge an annual competition of Sunflora every year wouldn't be able to tell that that wasn't a Sunflora? Who would have guessed it? Who would have known? Who could have seen through that clever disguise? Yeah, Snubble. Snubble is smarter than everyone in the room. That was the whole town. This whole town is just dedicated to Sunflora, and they can't tell that that one's a fake. Yeah, I know. That's my point. Like, they should have just been like, that's not a Sunflora. You could have done that, too. Like, they could have just been like, oh, that's obviously not real. And then Team Rocket's like, well, plan B. And then they just steal the noodles. That would have been so much easier, but nope. Gotta make everyone look like an idiot. Except for Snubble. Except for Snubble. You sort of tailed them for ten episodes. Finally caught up. So with Meow's disguise being revealed, Team Rocket performs the motto to the entire audience using microphones. It's amazing. And I notice that Jessie raises her pinky to hold the microphone. And that's just beautiful. Oh, that's cute. I didn't notice that. Just, you get nice little bits of detail with Team Rocket. So with Team Rocket's motto being out of the way, they just nick the noodles. James sends down the balloon with his remote and grabs it with a net to carry it away. Because that's all they care about is the noodles. There's kind of a funny little fake out here where basically they use this big sun amplifying device to like blind all the sun flora. Or not blind them, but like they absorb too much sunlight so their heads get heavy and they can't move. And Ash is like, they're going to steal all the sun flora. And they're just like... You twerp, you don't know anything, and they just grab the noodles. I guess they didn't care about the sunflowers at all, they just wanted the noodles. Who does care about the sunflower? It's not a great Pokemon. It's kind of cute, but it's not great. I could just get an actual flower. Just go pick a sunflower. You don't have to care about the flower's rights. Or whether or not it's been in- injected with steroids. So, they try and take off with the noodles, and Ash sends out Chikorita! who raise the leaves to their net so that the noodles come crashing down back to Earth because Ash doesn't carry Team Rocket stuff. Ash is the bad guy. Well, I mean, they are stealing. It's noodles. If the town just gets the year supply of noodles, they'll just share it between the whole town anyway. It is kind of one of those things where it's like, well, they're not hurting anyone, so just let them go. Who cares? Just let them have the noodles. If you guys were concerned about the noodles, you should have let Officer Jenny catch them years ago. 
they let Meowth go earlier because it furthered their goals. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And now they're just like, well, you can't steal noodles because we want the noodles. It's like, no, because the noodles belong to whoever has the best sunflora. Those reasons are so much better than yours of starving. So battle ensues. I'm assuming it was Arbok and Coughing that came out. Uh, it was just Arbok, actually. Just Arbok. Couldn't even be bothered getting out wheezing. And they use Chikorita, which is a grass type, and they use Poliwag, which is useless. Poliwag, the useless type Pokemon. It's a tadpole. It doesn't even have arms. It literally just jumps up to Arbok and starts smacking him with his tail. That's all Poliwag did. And then got poison stinged. That was it. <laughs> At least Misty tried. She has better Pokemon than Poliwag. Come on. Does she? There's Psyduck, who doesn't do much. Starmie? Or sorry, no, Starmie. Staryu. Is it Staryu or Starmie at this point? I think it's Staryu. If it's Starmie, then that's even worse, because that's part psychic type, and it's a better water type. I think it's still Staryu. But still, is better than Poliwag. Yeah, but Poliwag's... No, I can't think of anything. <laughs> and then Ash using Chikorita is really not smart either. Yeah, but we expect it from Ash, because Ash isn't smart. Yes, that's like such a basic type disadvantage. Ah, oh, whatever. I don't think you had anything super effective against it anyway. Well, no, but don't use something that's weak to it. For now, he just has Chikorita, who I actually really like, because Chikorita just straight up slams Pikachu out of the way, made Thundershock. Yeah, Chikorita's so jealous, like, no, I want the attention. Like, alright. <laughs> it's so dangerous that she's just like, screw you, Pikachu. Get out of here. I'm top mon now. Ashes mine. But doing that causes Pikachu to thundershock all of the sun lamps, causing all the sunflower to go back to normal. And then, of course, it's Sunrise's sunflower that deals the deciding blow against Arbok. A solar beam. Yay! Yay. That kind of bothers me a little bit. Like, because they're not trainers, they just basically do beauty pageants for their Pokemon. So it's kind of weird that Sunflower would know Solar Beam like that. Maybe she has the training machine for it. Is Solar Beam a TM? Yeah, it is indeed a training machine. Sunflower can learn Solar Beam at 46. If you think about like how much training that would take, that's a lot. And this is just like a Sunflower that's used in beauty pageants. That seems weird to me. I don't really question the sunflower. <laughs> kind of just like, what's the point? They're just flowers. We need logic with our monster. We don't need the town where people only raise sunflower to make sense. I do! No! It doesn't matter. I need logic! I love Pokemon too much to let it get away with this garbage. It's not that bad that a flower can use solar beam. But a flower that's never been trained? It's been trained. It's been trained to smile, which it does naturally. You could say that the smile lights up the room. Alright, alright, alright. <laughs> they thought it was solar beam, but really it was just the overwhelming smile that killed them. But is this attack blasting off Team Rocket that makes the judges go, that sunflower is the best? So, of course, Sunrisa wins the contest. She gets the noodles. Hooray. Yeah. So happy for her. Yay. Who cares? And also, the tall sunflower is still weird. <laughs> it's so big. It's taller than people. It's so weird. And somehow still lost. Maybe they got disqualified for the steroids. That was pure speculation. Keep calling back to that weird line. Steroids, honestly. On a flower. To win instant noodles. It's probably easier to just buy the noodles than it is to buy steroids. Well, you at least get a trophy too. Like, you could do it for the trophy, you know. 
So with that, I think we're at the end of the episode. So there was uh, quite a bit with Team Rocket in the greenhouse where it was just really funny. With James doing all the weird, picking out the differences in the sunflowers. Even that they're all identical. There's one that James looks at that's pretty funny and he goes like, this one just doesn't want to win bad enough. The other bit in there that made me laugh was Meowth's Sunlight Simulator. It was just a flashlight. Yeah, it's just a flashlight. Beautiful. So, who was your standout character? The Super Sunny Sunflores. Really? Sure. <laughs> okay. Is it because one of them was really big? Uh, no, no, it's not the Sunflores. I just thought of that, um, literation. I thought it was funny. Um, I guess James for just his weird interest in the Sunflores. I actually did pick James as well. He was really good just analyzing all of the Sunflora like an expert. He could probably win the Sunflora contest given enough time. I just thought of the best thing. If James got a Sunflora and got the big one, it could eat him like Victory Bell. Just with a smile on its face. But he doesn't. No one gets a Sunflora because who would want a Sunflora? Yeah, who would want Sunflora? <laughs> uh, but what was your favorite thing? My favorite thing... I guess the fake-out ending with the two happy Sunfloras, because they do this cute little dance, and they're all happy, and, like, it's just a weird sunflower dance, and I thought that that was cute. It's so bizarre that just, like, in the middle of the episode, they played the, like, happy ending music. Yeah, it is weird. And when they're, like, happy dancing, because Ash is like, oh, I wonder what they're saying, and Brock's just, like, in a very high-pitched, girly voice, like, oh, I missed you so much, and I'm so happy to see you. That was really good. Brock has his moments. It was pretty funny. <laughs> My favorite thing was just, again, James just judging all of the sun for it. And Jesse as well, just the juxtaposition. Just Jesse just like, they're all the same. <laughs> Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And James is giving, like, these really in-depth critiques, and Jesse just has no clue. Now, the next question's easy. Is this filler or not filler? The noodles. I mean, come on, the noodles, right? We know that the noodles make this not filler. Let's be honest here. If the noodles come back next episode, then I'll retroactively say this is not filler. I'm gonna laugh if the next episode starts with them eating noodles, even though it's not the same batch. Until then, this is filler, because... Nothing happens. Someone won a contest. And Team Rocket continued to starve because they're bankrupt. They're bankrupt but they can afford all of these contraptions and stuff. That's always been the fun pothole of the series. Don't question it. Yeah, don't question it. Just enjoy the shenanigans. And what's our overall thoughts? It's not bad. It was cute. Three lifetime supplies of noodles out of five. Wait, why would you need more than one lifetime supply, though? <laughs> Three years supply of noodles out of five. Sorry. <laughs> Ah, uh, I see. That's a bit better. Uh, but yeah, this episode was just a template filler episode. We had the filler Pokemon, the filler person, the filler plot, and nothing happened. But it was funny. Yeah, it was goofy. They do make things funny and goofy a lot. It was worth it for, like, the Meowth costume of being dressed up like a sunflower, which is great. I think it was worth it for the scene in the greenhouse bar. I think any filler episode is usually saved by Team Rocket. Yeah, because they have character. Who would have known? It's almost like they're entertaining. Yeah! Unlike Ash and Co, who are boring. It's like they have an example of what good character does for the series, and they just don't care. They just like, yeah, Team Rocket's good enough. We'll just leave it at that. But with that, I think we can move on, move away from the sunflowers and on to whatever the next one is for Digimon. Perfectly segued. <laughs> next up is An Old Enemy Returns. Here we go! 
Who was the old? Oh yeah, the old enemy was Devimon. Yeah, Devimon. Even though he was there for like two seconds, which is weird. He was, I think. It's like two seconds of him just being in the pool and then saying something to the Emperor, and then that's it. And he was gone. No other influence on this whatsoever. He was just at the bottom of the ocean for some reason. You just said in the pool. Why was he at the bottom of the ocean? Okay, so there's a lot I want to talk about with this episode. It was a dark whirlpool, but also you just said Devimon in the pool. But he's not an aquatic Digimon. Why is he down there? You're not getting it. You said Devimon in the pool. What? Just imagine Devimon just swimming in like a public bath. <laughs> and then Ken turns up just like, give me your power. That's an image. That's something, yeah. Devimon was in the pool. <laughs> just chilling like a villain. So, we start off with the recap, which was of the last episode with Yoli being... Yoli? I can't think of any other way to describe her. Yeah, I kind of appreciate the recap in this episode because I actually had forgotten what was even going on. The recaps are useful when you're like three weeks between recordings. It's like, oh, okay, now I have an idea of what's going on. But this one starts off kind of with everyone splitting up because TK, Cody, and Tentamon set off on their own. And then Yoli and Kari set off on their own. And then Davis is left behind and tries to find a way on his own as well. Oh, poor Davis. They've gotten so fed up with him being terrible, they just left him there. Some leader. Leads from behind. Poor Vimon. Oh, Vimon's a good boy. Vimon's good, but he has to pay the price for Davis. It balances out, because Vimon's good, and Davis isn't. No, but I mean, like, Vimon's gonna stay with Davis, so if Davis gets left behind, or if anything happens to Davis, then Vimon just has to, like, be like, alright, me too. So, TK and Cody are flying off, and they find the big floating rock, which is the Dark Emperor's base, and they can't really get in, but there is a convenient underwater cave that Submarimon could go into. Yes, super convenient. Super convenient. Cody swims into it to investigate. Meanwhile, back in the real world, Davis' sister June is being super stalkery. Is using public transport now to try and find Matt. There's like stalker level of I'm going to message you constantly because you're gone. And then there's no, I'm going to go to you because you didn't want me there. I don't like June that much. No, I don't either. Because literally her character is just I'm a stalker. Yeah, it is. But that's the comedic side plot in the real world. Yeah, quote-unquote comedic. The creepy side plot. I feel like for kids, maybe that's like, ah, ha, 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 she's chasing after him. But, I don't know, maybe it's a little too real for adults. It's like, ah, that's real creepy. Don't follow people. Especially people who very obviously don't want you around. Because you're creepy. She is a bit delusional. I feel like they were trying to go for, like, a childish crush kind of thing, like, that kind of childish obsession, but they went way too far with it. Matt gives her nothing back. He does the whole presence thing, which is mean. Yeah, it'd be one thing if, like, whenever she happens to see him that she's happy and she's kind of delusional, but she very clearly tries to, like, go after him and force herself to be around him all the time, which is weird. But that's the side plot. That's going on in the real world. I don't think there is a second one in the real world anyway. No, it's very digital world focused. 
It just sort of cuts between groups a lot in this one, which is nice. I like it because it's faster, a bit more interesting. Yeah, you get to see what everyone's doing. So coming back to the digital world with TK and Cody. Cody's inside now exploring a bit. TK's outside on Pegasus Mon. There is a bit where Tentamon's voice comes out of TK's mouth because TK's mouth doesn't stop moving. So that was a bit of bad dubbing. I didn't even notice that. I guess they assumed because TK's mouth is so small, no one would notice. But nope, TK's mouth keeps moving, and it's Tentamon's voice. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, not not great. Not the best of work. Cody's just kind of exploring the base with Armadillamon and finding stuff. And eventually, the base emerges above a whirlpool. Of evil! This is a pool of water and darkness. And this is where Ken's going to get something to go towards building his OC Digimon. It's literally parts stolen from other Digimon. He's just like, I'm going to take all these bits and put them together. I didn't make it big and boom, best Digimon ever. Best, yeah, it's mine. Ah, he's stupid. He's not too smart. Which is weird, because he's supposed to be a genius. He's just going to build his Digimon. Because he's just like, I want to call a Digimon, because Wormmon's lame. Well, maybe if you put some effort into, I don't know, training him, he'd evolve and be stronger. But no, you're going to compare a rookie to a mega and call that fair. But Wormon does try to warn the Digimon Emperor away from the pool and he just kind of gets shunned for it. Yeah, this episode kind of takes a sad turn because Wormon is literally begging at his feet. Like, don't do this. It's bad. I can feel that it's bad. It's super dangerous. He's trying to stop him from doing it. And... Trying so hard, and he's getting kicked and, like, treated terribly, but he's still just kind of like, please don't do it. And it's just sad, because Wormon wants what's best for him, and he's having none of it. No, he just wants the power. Just wants the power. He wants what he wants, and he's going to do it anyways. He's going to do it his way, by building a Digimon. So, while the Digimon Emperor's doing that, all the other kids are still sort of split up and just kind of making the way over slowly, one by one. So, TK can fly in now on Pegasus Mon through the, the underwater cave, because now it's not underwater anymore, because the base is just floating above that whirlpool. Still, it's the most convenient cave ever, <laughs> which, since Digimon Emperor built the base himself, he should know that that weakness is there. But, no. He wouldn't leave a massive hole. Just in the side of his base for people to climb in through. No, not at all. But this episode does do a lot of cutting between pairs, so it's lots of back and forth showing what's going on, which I really like. It's more dynamic than normal because you get lots of different perspectives. Yeah, it's like, you see what the villain's doing and then you see what the good guys are doing. So TK joins Cody on there. Meanwhile, Yoli and Kari are flying over on Defertimon and Hustleman above the ocean. And Davis is just still stuck behind on land. Just left behind, completely left in the dust of this plot. But Davis tries to come up with an idea on how to get out there, because obviously Ragemon and Flamegemon are useless with water. They can't swim and they can't fly. And there's this amazing moment where he finds a tree and he's like, I'm wondering how we can turn it into a raft. He just pushes on it and then the chunk of land just detaches and sets off like a boat. Yeah, it's just a boat island, I guess. Just a boat island. It would be kind of funny if it turned out to be a Digimon and it was just like, hey... But no, it's just a weird island. Digiworld weird. It's being convenient. Very convenient. Very, very convenient. So yeah, that's how Davis starts catching up, just on the tree-guided island. No one could carry him. He just had to be on the tree-guided island. And back on the base, I kind of guess that the Digimon Emperor would have left the cave there on purpose as a trap or something. But no, 
it's just a cave that's there. Yeah, that would have been smart. Like, oh, here's this obvious entry, and there's just traps up. But no, it was just plot convenience of, hey, we found an opening. Look, there's this door that has a sign saying convenient entrance next to it. Villain does not want you to enter here. Just says, please leave. Uh, so TK meets up with Cody on the base, and Cody's been releasing the captive Digimon that they found in there. The captive Digimon which have no way of escaping at this point because they can't fly. Yeah, they're just out of the cages, basically. They're out of the cages, but they have no way off of the base. So that's just bad planning on Cody's part. But Cody's just kind of thinking like, well, let's do something. As long as there's no stone Digimon there, they should be okay, because they can at least float in the water. Yeah, but they'd have to jump out into the swirling whirlpool of water and darkness. Well, they're not always over the swirling whirlpool of darkness, so... They are when they're freed. (laughs) That's true, but... It's a rescue mission, and they didn't have a plan. Well, it wasn't a rescue mission. It was a, we want to destroy the Empress base mission. No, no, but for Cody, it's a rescue mission. Cody is set on rescuing the Digimon. And Cody's just stupid. <laughs> he is, though. He's just like, yay, I freed everyone. Cody, we have no way off. Yay, but I freed you. You can go home now. No, we can't, Cody. We're stuck. Go home. <laughs> Okay, so imagine he finds this area, and he just walks by like, well, I don't have any way of getting you off the base, so you guys can just stay here, bye. And just leaves. I'd love that so much. I'll get around to you later. Yeah, yeah. Assuming we don't destroy the base like we wanted to. It's kind of just like bad planning. Like, if Davis had been there already, it would have made more sense. Instead, he's just like, I'm just going to free him now, but whatever. Cody's not the best at planning, I guess. It cuts back to the Digimon Emperor, because TK and Cody are just, like, wandering around, I guess, trying to find him. And the Digimon Emperor communes with the pool, and the pool is Devimon. Well, I guess the thing that he was after in the pool was Devimon, but it looks like there's other things in there, because there's, like, these weird ghost soul things in there. It's a dark pool. It's full of darkness. I don't know, it's weird. It, it kind of looks like purgatory kind of but it doesn't make any sense why it's there or what it's doing or or anything and then devimon's just randomly there at the bottom it's like i'm evil and you can't control darkness and blah 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 you stupid kid as the digimon emperor is sucking him up into a tube on a mechanorimon and i don't know what that does but sure i don't know (laughs) what's going on he basically just like takes the data of devimon because you like watch devimon break down into nothing and it's like okay i guess he's dead now yeah good that's not how it worked with any of the other parts of the digimon and the other thing is like the devimon's there for like a minute and this episode is basically named after him which is weird because he's not really there for very long And it's not even that important. The only thing it does is that TK and Cody are, like, setting free the Digimon. And there's this convenient, like, video feed for some reason in the prison cells of what's going on with Ken and Devimon. (laughs) And so TK sees Devimon and he has, like, a flashback of everything that happened in the first season. They make it sound a lot more, like, tense than it is. Because it makes it sound like, oh, I'm so torn up about this, this darkness and this terrible thing that happened because Andromon sacrificed himself to save us. And it's like, Patamon's right there. 
It became an egg. I could understand if it was like, oh yeah, I remember this tough fight we had against Devimon, and you know, wow, it, he was so strong that Patamon had to return to an egg. But he acts like something died, like he lost something, and it was like traumatic. It's like, your partner's right there. It's still pretty traumatic. He was like, what, five or something? He just went back to being a baby. That was it. He was an egg. His friend became an egg. Okay, but his friend is still there. He was totally guilt-tripped by Angemon, remember? Just like, I'll come back, TK, if you want me to. Of course he wants you to. You're like his only friend. He's five. That was a big scene. It was important. I can understand TK just being like, holy fudge, it's that dude what almost killed my dude. That's not good. <laughs> That's not the way they present it, though. They present it like he's so angry and so, like, angst-ridden because of this terrible thing that happened. Like, that's how they're presenting it, when really it was just, like, a difficult fight. That's what it amounted to, was it was a hard fight. That's it. He's very angry because they're trying to harness the powers of darkness, and darkness is not good. He's more set on Devimon, though. Like, he's like he gets angry because he sees Devimon. And then he decides, I'm going to go fight the Emperor. Yeah, because he's like, why are you trying to harness this evil power? Eh, I feel like it's not set up well. That's the impression I got, that I was angry because Ken was trying to use this power that should have been destroyed already. But they didn't really say that, though. It was more him dwelling on, like, the flashback of what happened in the first season. It was a weird jump. Like, you're right, that could be, like, what they were going for, but they didn't show that, really. It was just... TK remembered what happened with Devimon and then decided I'm going to go after the Emperor because I'm mad. You would be pretty mad though, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, if some dude killed your hamster, then some other dude tried to use that dude's power to try and kill your hamster again. <laughs> this isn't a very good metaphor. You'd be angry at the dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be like, wow, this guy's stupid. What is he doing? But I wouldn't be, like, angsty and, like, the way TK ends up being. But the evil dude power almost killed your hamster. So you don't want evil dude to use the evil dude power. <laughs> I get that evil dude power killed my hamster. But it just doesn't make sense. I feel like they gave TK the wrong emotional reaction to what was going on. I just think it was weird. I don't care because TK's a badass. <laughs> yeah, the scene, the scene is cool. I just feel like it wasn't the right emotional... We'll get to it in a second. <laughs> yeah. We'll kind of just leave TK for a bit because... He just takes his hat off because he doesn't have any gloves to take off. Meanwhile, we do get a quick shot of what I'm assuming is a CGI version of the, the Dark Emperor's ship as it pans around, which is very obvious. Just like everything else CGI in this series, it did not age well. It stood out like it's awesome. Like, I think it was only in one shot in the whole episode and it was just noticeable. But yeah, we go back to Kari and Yoli. <laughs> just sort of discuss, like, do you think Davis will be mad at us? And they're just like, no, he's a pretty good spot. It's the same old, same old. Oh, I love that, though. Because Davis is mad at them. <laughs> uh, but then, we finally get to see the Digimon Emperor's new toy, uh, which is Chimeramon. Which is, surprise, surprise, a Chimera of different Digimon parts. I didn't know what a Chimera was before. So I only made that connection the last time I watched it. After watching Full Metal Alchemist. I don't remember how I figured out what a Chimera was. But yeah, it's just this monstrous amalgamation of parts. He's a mishmash of things. I didn't make a list of all the things. But I won't say how much I can remember. It's got Greymon's body, Kabutarimon's helmet, Angemon wings. It's got Greymon's arms. It's got a Devamon arm. It's got Gurumon's legs. 
I forget the wings. It's like Angemon's wings. I forget what the red wings are. It's Bergemon's, I think. I'm missing two arms. I think, oh, he has a Coagamon arm. Oh, a Coagamon arm, yeah. Oh, Monochromon's tail. Oh, yeah. I would have never remembered that one. <laughs> oh, Airdramon's wings. Oh, so is it just Airdramon and Andromon? It has, okay, so it has the head of Kabuterimon, the eyes and hair of Metal Greymon, the body and jaw of Greymon, the wings of Airdramon, the top wings of Angemon, the arms of Devimon, the left arm of Coagamon, the right arm of Skull Greymon, and the legs of Garurumon and the tail of Monochromon. That's the whole thing. So I just misremembered Bergemon. So yeah, it was Airdramon, not Bergemon. Oh, and of course, the source of his power, which is Metal Greymon's hair. He very, very clearly points that out as like the defining feature, which is great. All the ultimate parts are from Greymon Digivolutions. Everything else is champion level. It's a certainly unique design. I can't think of any other Digimon that's like it, because there isn't really one. No, it's it's a human-made thing. It's literally just a man-made abomination. Which digivolves into something called Millennium Mon, who's like a real bad one. Just a little. It's said to be impossible to defeat. Oh, it's if Chimera Mon fuses with Machine Dramon. I was like, there's all sorts of lore from like Wonders 1 games that you don't know about. Yeah, which is where Millennium Mon is important. But Millennium Mon's cool. And then there's Moon Millennium Mon. Yeah, there's forms of it too. And then that becomes Zed Millennium Mon. Then I don't think it becomes anything else. But Zed Millennium Mon's pretty badass. It basically just becomes bigger and bigger versions of world-destroying monster. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, he's a cool Digimon with lots of lore behind him. If Apocalymon and Armageddonmon had a child, it would be Millennium Mon. And then Millenniummon's child is Chimeramon. But then Chimeramon is also Millenniummon with Machindramon. But Machindramon is also part of Apocalymon, so <laughs> that's where you get the weird time travel shenanigans. Basically, go look at Chimeramon's wiki page and have a fun time just watching how it branches off into all sorts of nonsense. Pretty much. But all that Chimeramon does in this one is be very big and beat up some dudes. Yeah, very big and very scary. Like, his hand is the size of Halsamon. Yeah, he's huge. He's enormous. Very big. Very big. Almost as big as the Digimon Emperor's ego. But I just dissed the Digimon Emperor. What's he gonna do about it? Nothing, because he's a fictional character. So, all that's going on. Davis finally turns up with his island raft thing. Parks it under the base, which I guess is no longer floating above the pool conveniently. No, she's over the ocean now. And gets all of their prisoners off and onto their raft. Yeah, they're trying to get them all off the ship. They escape. Hooray. Well, not really. I don't know. Do we see what Davis does? They're just on another one of those little islands. So assuming the islands can all move, they're good. Then we get the best scene from this episode, which is TK and Ken. Yeah, TK being a badass and dealing with Ken, which is actually pretty cathartic because Ken's an idiot and TK basically just... Puts him in his place, which is great. TK actually does something. TK is actually pretty awesome in this scene. He's not done anything like the whole series so far. And then all of a sudden he just flips out. It's just like, I'm just going to walk up to Digimon Emperor, call him an idiot and punch him. Yeah, even though I don't agree with like what kind of caused this to happen, this scene of them fighting and confronting each other is great. It's really good. Just seeing Ken just sort of like go, ooh, okay. <laughs> It's like, I, I don't know. This guy might be angry at me. <laughs> a little bit. I think he might be a little grumpy. A little bit grumpy. little grump. That moment where 
Ken whips TK's cheek. And TK's just like, is that all you do? Fight? He says, is that what you do when you have nothing to say? You just fight? And he's just like, yes. And he looks so upset. Like, he he's like, oh, God. He's, like, actually scared of TK, which is great. Ken's just like, oh, TK's not afraid of me. <laughs> what do I do? I'm not used to dealing with people who aren't afraid of me. He doesn't have, like, any power in that situation because he's just a kid still. Yeah, and he created Chimeramon, but that's it. He's still just Ken. Really good scene. Also leads to the best joke ever because Padmon and Wormon start fighting. <laughs> and Padmon's like, want to fight? And then Wormon's like, actually, I prefer a staring contest. <laughs> and so they just sit there. And then there's just two perfect shots of just them staring at each other and then it cuts away. I don't know if there's an actual fight that's supposed to be there, but it's funny that they're just staring at each other like, I prefer a staring contest. Okay. Honestly, that's a really good dub joke. It is. It really is. I don't know if that was in the sub, but I'm assuming it wasn't. I'm guessing that the joke wasn't, but them like going, getting ready to fight each other. Just like they changed the context of those shots. Yeah, they just changed the context, which is, it's pretty good. And then, at the end, I have a note here that just says, When did Davis get a second slightly smaller island? Somewhere. I forgot he got that. He got it from the island store, okay? Convenient second island to send back to prisoners, I guess. Have you never seen that before? You've never seen an island that comes out of nowhere when you need it? I guess these island boats just reproduce themselves. They're a new species of Digimon. Island Mon. All that they do is just make more Island Mon. And according to my notes, that's where the episode ends. Does anything else happen I forgot about? No, it's basically them just getting ready to deal with Chimeramon, pretty much. Oh yeah, Chimeramon just wrecks them a bit more. It's rampaging, yeah. I think that's everything I had to mention. So, my standout character was TK, <laughs> needless to say. Yeah, I think that's pretty unanimous for this one. Did they actually show the punch on screen as well? There's kind of like a flash, and then it slows down. So they don't show the contact, but kind of like him getting ready to hit, there's a flash, and then it's like his hand having already followed through with the punch a little bit. They didn't actually show the hit, but you, you know that he punched him. So still not showing the punches. And even if they didn't show the punch, they still showed the emperor whipping the whip, and then they cut to TK's face being just kind of like red. But TK stood out because it was very not TK. Yeah, it was very, very not TK. TK got a little dark there. He was not a happy chappy. But who stood out for you? Was it TK as well? Actually, no, it was Davis. Davis and his island. MVP of the episode was Davis and the island. <laughs> no, it was it was TK. Uh, what was your favorite thing? Definitely the fight between uh, TK and Ken. Badass TK is my favorite thing because he's just so smug. <laughs> it doesn't compare as much, but uh, another thing I really liked was Wormon's concern for Ken, like how much he just wanted Ken to like stop and not get hurt. And he was trying so hard, even though he was getting kicked and everything. So that was also nice, but the confrontation was definitely the most interesting part. Wormon just going, don't go near the pool, Ken, it's evil. <laughs> It's pretty cute. I feel like it's evil. Anyway, filler or not? Not. Definitely not. Correct. Too much happened. Too much, yes. Overall thoughts? It was nice. It was much better than like the usual Zero Two episodes. It was actually interesting and fun to watch. You mean it was good? It was good, yeah. It was actually good. Something you don't really associate with Zero Two that much. No, unfortunately, no. You do, you really do not. 
This episode is really well paced. It had lots of stuff going on. And I feel like the jokes were nicely woven in so they didn't just kill the episode. <laughs> Unlike usual, where it's just like, they replace the whole plot. So it, it made for a good episode. And I want to see what happens next time. Because what will happen? <laughs> something, something, prophecy, befriend the darkness or something. Whatever it was, Wizardmon said that I forgot. Yeah, the golden radiance. Do they need to find a sun, Flora? Yes. Now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we attempt to compare these episodes. So, who was your monster of the week? Hmm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, those sunflowers are pretty cute. Uh, Chimeramon. It was definitely Chimeramon. <laughs> what, massive amalgamation of tons of Digimon parts or a sunflower? <laughs> Which one's got a bit more creativity behind it? Ironically, the one that's just stolen parts. Better than walking sunflower. <laughs> yeah, my notes literally just say Chimeramon, I mean, look at it. <laughs> How could that not be Monster of the Week? You don't get that in most shows. No. I mean, you might do in Yu-Gi-Oh a bit where they fuse things, but Pokemon, I, I can't think of anything like that. And so, who was worse, Ash or Davis? They both did nothing. Davis was literally left behind. I guess Davis, because the group is finally starting to figure out how bad Davis is, and they're just literally leaving him behind now. Aww. I said that Ash was worse. Oh, really? Reason being that he he came between Team Rocket and Noodles, and I can't forgive him for that. (laughs) Ah, okay, there we go. Yeah, that's true. You don't hurt my Team Rocket like that. (laughs) Like, if they're stealing Pokemon, fair enough. But if they're stealing Noodles... Just let them have it. Don't be a jerk. Don't be like that, Ash. Come on. Yeah. Also, he said that Sunflora are just like a flower. Yeah, he's not great. He was very boring. He can be exciting? Sometimes he does fun things. It's just this time it was just like, just like a flower. The plant Pokemon that looks like a flower and is called Sunflora. It's like a flower. Who would have thought? Yeah, I got more fun from Davis's doing nothing than Ashes. Davis and Vimar is more fun. Davis being an island, a literal island, is 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 more interesting than Ash just not knowing what the heck is going on. Yeah, I agree. So Ash was worse. Minus one to Ash. And uh, next question. Which storyline did you prefer and why was it Digimon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could try to make more sarcastic jokes, but yeah, it was it was definitely Digimon because it had plot and it was actually interesting. And it was a grade A episode for Zero Two and probably like a, I don't know, like a C for other shows. It wasn't that bad. For Zero Two, this was probably as good as it's going to get. We'll see if there's anything else that tops it, which is sad because it's not even that good an episode. (laughs) It's not great, but it's better than what we've been getting. It's better than just template filler episode of Pokemon anyway. I much prefer the the actual characters doing stuff in Digimon. But could you come up with any similarities between these episodes at all? No, I could not. I couldn't either. Not a single one. Uh, the only one I can think of is like, the main characters aren't important to the plot, but that's it. Uh, Ash isn't the focus, and Davis isn't the focus. I get you. So, like, the leader kids aren't really what the plot's focusing on. Right, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. Instead, Pokemon focuses on Sunflowers, and Digimon focuses on the Digimon Emperor. And TK. It's kind of on 
darkness. Yes, it took a bit of a dark turn. But how many notable differences have you written down? Well, I just wrote everything in capital letters and bolded and italicized because everything. I've got some more specific ones. Okay, go for it. (laughs) So, the stakes in Digimon are the battling the Digimon Emperor on his home turf, while he harnesses the powers of darkness. The stakes in Pokemon are a trophy and a year's supply of noodles. A little different. The stakes in Pokemon are way higher, of course. Yeah. I was joking. Noodles aren't more important. They are. No. Yeah. True. If there was a year's supply of noodles at stake in Digimon, the stakes would have been way higher. It's like, Ken has our noodles! Uh, no. No, Pokemon, no, it's nothing of importance. Yeah, it's nothing. It's it's literally nothing. Also, the settings were very different, because we just had a massive villain base floating in, in the ocean all the sky. And the other saying was just a small town where people worship sunflowers. It's just a town with flowers. Uh, my last thing is that Pokemon just did its usual thing of cutting back between Ash and Co. and Team Rocket. That's kind of the, the style they have, is just cut between those two groups. Whereas Digimon split everyone up a bit more, and they all kind of just arrived at the actual scene where the plot was happening at different times. So it cut between them a lot, which was cool. It made it more dynamic than Pokemon. Yeah, it was a lot more interesting that way. It wasn't just like, if it cuts, it goes to the next group and swaps. But we had Ken and Wormmon, Cody, TK, Patamon, Abadillamon, Yoli and Kari, Davis and Vimon and June. That was the five sort of things that were coming between a lot, which is more than Ash and Co., Team Rocket. You're right, yeah. Then more threats going on. Thanks for doing the work for me on that one, because I couldn't think of it. I'm like, everything's different. I don't know. Where do you start? Everything is different. And that's all the differences I could come up with. At least are worth mentioning anyway. And now we're on to the final question, which is, which episode do you think deserves the point and why? I mean, you're just going to agree with me, aren't you, that Digimon was better? I mean, Pokemon was close, right? <laughs> it depends how you measure close. It was in second place. Second place isn't that bad. Come on. In a race between two people, it's last place. (laughs) But it's still second. Uh, No, Digimon. No contest. I mean, what did Pokemon really do that was better than anything? Don't even know if that was a proper question. But Pokemon's just went down in quality, just went bog standard filler episode, which we've not had in like a good streak, so it was kind of disappointing. Whereas Digimon finally did something good, because it focused on the Digimon Emperor again. It's sad, because we're like, well, the quality went down in one of them, and the quality went up in the other, so... Good? Good for Digimon, bad for Pokemon. And I'm hoping Pokemon doesn't stay at this level for a while. Because this is the the bland level, which I don't like. So fingers crossed Pokemon improves again. And maybe Digimon will stay at this level for a, a few episodes at least. We need Digimon to stay and we need Pokemon to get better again. And then we want them all to be amazing, <laughs> please. But with that, that does make the score 12-7 to... Pokemon. Ending Pokemon's six-episode winning streak. Oh god, zero two. <laughs> yeah, that was just a bad run of episodes in Digimon. I feel like that's a pattern at that point. That's not a run, that's just a pattern. <laughs> it was just tons of bad episodes. <laughs> but with that, we can do to, do to the outro. Do to the outro? I'm tired. <laughs> 
Next time we'll be discussing the 20th episodes, The Darkness Before Dawn and Chikorita's Big Upset. And if you want to get in touch, just tweet at us, email at us, or jump in our Discord to chat at us. And of course, a massive thank you to Chisai for staying awake with me today. Where can the people find you? You can find me at my Tumblr blog at Chisai236 or on the Moncast Discord. All the links to the stuff will be in the show notes, including the Moncast Patreon, where you can give us money if you want. But massive thank you to those of us that do... those of us... Those of you. It is cool that people still pay me to do this for some reason. It's nice. It's very nice. Yeah. But with that, we can end. I can go to sleep. You can also go to sleep if you're listening at a dumb time. Oh, oh I thought you meant me. I'm like, it's 3pm. I mean, I'm not going to stop you. You can go to sleep if you want. I could. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. But yeah, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And don't use your pets. Like yeah. That. I heard a kitty. Oh. <laughs> kitty, stop. Shush. Shush. No, don't shush, kitty. Shush. We're doing we're doing Moncast. Do you want another sidetrack of cat meowing in the background? That's all the Moncast is. <laughs> oh. oh. I guess that's true. People the, the only cat... listen to hear the cats. <laughs> <laughs> the cat is different, but the show is the same. Yes. <laughs> oh. Well, she settled so... down now, so. <laughs> oh. Um, uh, uh, mm, I was trying to think of a sun joke. Never mind. We're good. (laughs) Never mind.